I'm angry about police brutality. I bet a lot of you are too. I think that police brutality is a national crisis. And one of the central causes of police brutality is the lack of police accountability. In this country, police are rarely prosecuted when they engage in criminal misconduct, even when it's deadly. I believe that if we want to eradicate police brutality, we have to take on police accountability. And one of the central reasons why police are so often not held accountable is because their contracts are constructed to prevent their accountability. I also believe that our Torah has insight into how and why we need to fix this. What are we talking about here? In 2017, police in the United States killed 1,129 people. That's more than the number killed by mass shootings and Chicago gangs combined. Most of the victims were not suspects of violent crimes. 147 were unarmed. Only 12 of those officers were charged with any kind of crime. 12. That's our topic for the evening. So what does Torah have to say about police accountability? Actually, one of the most famous and oft-quoted adages of the entire Torah is the commandment in Deuteronomy chapter 16. Justice, justice you shall pursue. Tzedek, tzedek tirdof. And while that's often applied out of context to all sorts of justice issues, in context, the Torah uses that charged up emphatic language specifically about establishing a criminal justice system. Judges and police officers, you shall appoint in all your gates, which Hashem your God gives to you, to all your tribes, and they shall judge the people with a just law. Shoftim v'shotrim titen lecha b'chol sh'arecha asher Adonai lohecha noten lecha lishvatecha. The Torah is very thin on the details of how to apply that. Really just don't show partiality, don't take bribes, before very quickly looping back to the emphatic and general language. Justice, justice you shall pursue. Tzedek, tzedek tirdof. In order that you may live and inherit the land which Hashem your God gives to you. So the rhetoric is urgent. And the stakes are very high. When it comes to the criminal justice system, get it right and you'll live. You'll have a society. Get it wrong and you won't. But how are we supposed to pursue justice in the criminal justice system? The rabbis tease out from this packed verse and try to understand what is suggested as the kind of system that would be conducive to judging a just law? The rabbis say, police officers should be like judges in that they should carry out their deeds facing the rod and the whip. Rabbanin Amre, sheheh ha-shoter kashofet, kshayu ha-ma'asim neged ha-makal, 
v'haratzua. They should carry out their deeds facing the rod and the whip. Law enforcement officials who are empowered to mete out state violence must operate under constant threat of harsh punishment if they misstep. Police officers must fear facing the same violence that they have in their hands. Why? The Midrash continues, so that the one issuing lashes not be required to receive lashes. Shelo tzarich lilkot. So from the first half of the Midrash, if police officers do not face accountability, do not fear harsh punishment, we can expect that they're going to commit crimes. Excessive force or undue force are crimes. In rabbinic law, most crimes are punished with lashes. Standard punishment there. But there's something more going on in this Midrash. Let's really think about the jacked up language because the rabbis don't say about you and me as civilians that we have to carry out all of our deeds facing the rod and the whip, even though that's true, that if we engage in criminal activity, we would be subject to punishment, which in the rabbinic world is lashes. That's all true. And yet they don't say that. They only say that in this context. Because in this context with policing, the line is so thin, so easy to cross between violence that is state-sanctioned and excessive force or abuse. Nowhere is accountability more urgent than with the police. That they must carry out all their deeds facing the rod and the whip. How does this play out in real life in the America we live in? In 2014, Chicago's Mayor Rahm Emanuel said that the reason why violent crime had recently spiked in Chicago despite declining nationally was because against the backdrop of a general national climate of heightened scrutiny of police in light of some highly publicized incidences of police brutality, Ferguson, Baltimore, etc., against that backdrop, Police had, in his words, gone fetal. They were simply refraining from engaging in dicey or risky police work. The implication was clear. Police, in order to do their police work properly, must be freed from scrutiny and oversight so that they're not fettered by fear of punishment. Now, whether that accurately characterizes Chicago police behavior, I can't say. What I can say is that our Torah, Rahm Emanuel's Torah too for that matter, <laughs> says exactly the opposite. Police can be trusted to do their work properly only if they operate under heightened scrutiny and oversight, chastened by the fear of punishment. We have here two opposing theories of criminal justice. For Rahm Emanuel, heightened responsibility requires heightened invisibility. For the rabbis, heightened responsibility requires heightened accountability. That they must do their deeds facing the rod 
and the whip. What happens if the rabbinic vision for police accountability is not put into effect? Not long after Rahm Emanuel made that statement, we saw the video of civilian Laquan McDonald being shot and gunned down with 16 shots by police officer Jason Van Dyke while walking away. It was horrifying. And it raised the question, how could such an outrageous thing happen in the first place? So let's talk about accountability. For starters, what was Jason Van Dyke even doing on the beat? Prior to shooting Laquan McDonald, there were 20 civilian complaints against him on his record, 10 of them for excessive force. Zero of them resulted in discipline. The city of Chicago had paid out a $350,000 settlement to a civilian against whom a jury ruled that Van Dyke had used excessive force at a traffic stop. No discipline for the officer. Before we saw the Laquan McDonald video, Van Dyke's police supervisor saw it. No discipline for the officer. The state's attorney saw it. No criminal charges. The city, city officials saw it. And they refused 15 different requests by journalists and activists to release the video to the public until a judge ordered them to do so. Jason Van Dyke and those serving with him, it's safe to say, did not carry out their deeds facing the rod and the whip. They did not have reason to believe that they would be held accountable for their actions. Now, this isn't about Jason Van Dyke. It's not about Laquan McDonald. We're talking about systems. We're talking about patterns of behavior. We're talking about a police force that knew that it had a reckless and violent officer and kept him on the beat kept civilians in harm's way. It's about a city that did not pursue justice. Since 2004, the city of Chicago has paid out nearly $700 million to victims of police brutality in settlements. It's the taxpayers who have footed the bill for those payments, not the offending officers, who in most cases have not had to admit wrongdoing, and have faced no disciplinary action, departmental or criminal. How does this happen? Why are police killings so common in the United States? Why are police not held accountable here? At least a big part of the answer to that is not something mystical, and it's not even an amorphous code of blue. It's right there embedded in the structure on black and white in front of us. It's in their contracts. Let me tell you just three of the stipulations of that contract that are structured to undermine accountability. Number one, the police contract stipulates that if a police officer shoots somebody, God forbid, they have 24 hours before they have to issue a statement to investigators. You or I, as civilians, do not have a buffer zone like that in order to get our story straight. Number two, the police contract stipulates that after an officer makes a statement, if contradictory evidence surfaces, let's say a video, the officer is allowed to amend their statement. You or I, as civilians, do not have that right if we're under investigation. Number three, 
The contract stipulates that anonymous complaints cannot be investigated, even though anonymous complaints against civilians are routinely investigated. The Fraternal Order of Police is fighting these reforms tooth and nail. They oppose accountability. They oppose pursuing justice. This is a very lively political fight going on in Chicago right now. It's a moral issue, it's a life and death issue, and it's a Jewish issue. The police contract reflects an ideology that says that police should be left alone. Torah rejects that ideology, and so must we. That they must carry out their deeds facing the rod and the whip. Justice, justice you shall pursue. Tzedek, tzedek, tirdof means that heightened responsibility requires heightened accountability. It means that police must carry out their police work under heavy scrutiny and accountability, facing the rod and the whip, lest the rod and the whip in their hands be applied unjustly against innocent civilians. If we don't subject police to this kind of accountability, we can be very confident that their rod and whip will be unleashed unjustly against innocent civilians. The forces animating that violence will be the worst fears and prejudices of our society and not the sober and insistent eyes of justice.